The Lord is so good. Sometimes I look at Sundays as closing the week out. Sometimes I look at it as the beginning of a new week. Anymore, I'm not sure which way to go. <laughs> Amen. But it's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Worshiping with his people. Yes. Amen. All right. We're going to call your attention this morning just to one scripture in the beginning. Got a lot of scriptures here that we're going to go through and and uh, read here but one scripture and uh, I'm reading from the New King James Version and uh, so there's one word here that is changed and that word is crush the King James Version says bruised and the New King James Version says crushed and most uh, translations that I have read, this is the word that they use. And I've always thought this, right? If the New King James Version is good enough for Brother David Bernard, it's good enough for me. So here we go. And the, notice, and the God of peace will crush Satan. Under your feet, oh, surely. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. It's kind of a scripture's got a little bit of irony in it, right? Yeah. The God of peace. <laughs> He's about ready to. <laughs> He's about ready to crush. Uh, yeah. Your <laughs> Oh, yeah. Thank you, Brother Cliff, for adding a little bit of uh, reality to it there. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother McCune if he would pray this morning. If you would, just join with us. And uh, I'd like to preach to you here this morning on a crushing victory. All right. Thank you, Amen. Brother McCune. Father, today we ask you to anoint your word by your mighty spirit and power. Through your servant today that we might receive what we need, that our souls be fed and our lives be changed. Your mercies will be extended to us today for we are in the time of mercy, but we know that is soon to come to a close. Amen. So we ask God that you will guide us today that we might be prepared to meet you whatever way that you choose to call us, O oh God, because we know the time is short. Touch your people and the mightily anoint your word today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. The book of Romans has been described as Paul's masterpiece of literature. While often being quoted, and it is a very deep and theological letter, it also, it has been said that it could really be summarized in one verse, and Verse number 17 of the first chapter says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And Paul is quoting part of it here. Takes it from Habakkuk 2 and 4. He goes on to say, As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so Paul is closing out his writing here in chapter 16. And he has never visited Rome at this point in time in his life. He's been wanting to. He's not gotten there. But notice what he does here. As he closes out in the 16th chapter, 
even though he's never been there, he calls people out. He calls the faithful out by name in the church there in Rome. People who have not just received their faith, but they have put it into operation. Oh, yeah. Because I think we all understand that that was the first century church, and they did not have what you and I have today relative to access of the scriptures, access to nice facilities where they could come in and assemble and uh, carry on business as you and I know it today. So Paul, though, even though he's never been there, he knows these people. And he calls them even by their names. He sends greetings to 26 individuals, two specific families, three home missions churches, and even the list includes a diverse group of people. Listen, this is the this is the church of the first century. And it has never changed, no matter who or uh, what news that you may listen to. The church has never changed. Listen to this list of people that he calls. It includes rich and poor, slaves and free men, Greeks and Romans, home churches, and even those he calls out that serve in the imperial palace of Rome. He commends them for the work in the ministry. And he warns them, even then, he warns them of false teachers who cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine they had received, the apostles' doctrine. Let me quote from the Apostolic Study Bible that I have at home. And uh, this is... Uh, just a short paragraph to help us understand the book of Romans up to this point. The author goes and he says this. He says, in the 15 preceding chapters, Paul tells them salvation comes by faith. The gospel reveals God's righteousness to those who have faith. This revelation occurs from faith to faith. It is based on faith and revealed to those with faith. From start to finish, it is a product of faith. And I want you to get a hold of this. You know, sometimes we maybe give a little bit too much credit to the adversary. Throughout this longest book in the New Testament, although the book of 1 Corinthians is 42 words longer, same amount of chapters. Notice Paul gives no mention of the adversary. None at all. Until he's about ready to close out this great book on faith. And then it is only to remind us. He says, I want you to know. All right, come on. You don't pay attention to what's going on on the outside too much and don't don't worry about what those people are saying that their words are causing division and offense he says you stick to your faith he says and i want you to know that you need to focus on good and not pay too much attention to the evil that the adversary promotes in society. And then he goes on and he says, I want you to know also that the the God of peace is about ready to crush this adversary of yours under your feet very shortly. And he would continue to write about faith in the book of Hebrews. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Would lead us into the great faith chapter number 11. He would say, through faith, we understand 
through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. You can't understand it any other way. So that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. He goes on to list the great exploits of the faithful. By faith, through faith, kingdoms were subdued. Promises were obtained. The mouth of lions was stopped. One thing in common. Verse number 40, he writes in chapter 11, he says, And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, Hello. They had obtained a good report through faith, Although many did not receive the promise, their faith remained steadfast throughout all of their lives. And it created, if you will, a cloud of witnesses. A cloud of witnesses that had experienced things in life. And at times all they had was their faith to engage the in, the enemy, the adversary. And through their faith, God did great works through them, and their testimony remains alive Amen. and well today to inspire and to encourage and to help us to understand that we also can subdue any enemy, any adversary Amen. through our faith in the one that is the, both the author and the finisher of our faith, Amen. Jesus Christ. You believe that this morning? Amen. The stories of their great exploits are penned in eternity as a source of encouragement and inspiration to literally hundreds of millions of people who have lived their lives in faith. Hundreds of millions. I was I, I I was here at the office yesterday and partly looking at general conference a little bit and then uh, uh, looking at the prayer march at Washington D.C. and I I was just overwhelmed yes. when I realized that thank you Jesus yes. that I believe that. The world, and particularly the United States of America, they heard the voice of prayer through both our general conference last week yes. and through such people as Franklin Graham and the 50,000 people that were there with the vice president. My heart was encouraged. My heart was encouraged because it tells me that God still raises people up yes, to sir. a position yes, of authority Praise and God. power. Yes. And it, it is to encourage the faithful that Jesus Christ is alive today. Yes. He has not left us. Amen. He is in the midst of us. Amen. And he wants us to know that our greatest day is yet in the future. All right. Hallelujah. So we look unto Jesus, Paul writes, the author and finisher of our faith. Aren't you? I'm not looking unto Daniel necessarily. I like to read his stories. I'm inspired. But no, my eyes are on the author and the finisher of my faith. And that is the one true living God, Jesus Christ. You talk about a testimony, one that would inspire. I personally like the testimony of Jesus. All right, come on. While others stopped the mouths of lions, he raised the dead. He healed the sick. He rose from the dead. He ascended back into the heavens. He sits on the right hand of God today. It's his throne, the one that he left to come and to save us, that he ascended back to. And there he abides forever on the throne of grace, totally accessible 
when you and I, by our faith, reach out through boldness and we come before Him and we say, Jesus, are you with us today, Lord? Hallelujah. So while the unbeliever mocks our faith, asking, where is the promise of His coming? By faith in the Scriptures, we can quote, it is written. When they mock us, we can say, it is written. John 14 and 3, Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. If I go, he says, I want you to know that I am going to come back again. And when I do, I'm going to receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Acts 1 and 11. Ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, that so shall come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. He's coming again. He is coming again. James 5, 7, and 8. Be, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Be patient. Establish or take courage for the coming of the Lord. Draw nigh. He's coming again. Titus 2 and 3. When they say, where is the promise of His coming? I quote, I will take them to Titus 2 and 3, looking for that blessed hope and the appearing of the glory. Listen carefully. The glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's coming again. Luke 12 and 40. So be ready. So be ready. For he is coming at the hour that you don't expect. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of expecting. Yes, yes. Come on. I feel like that the church is pregnant with the second coming Mm -hmm. or the rapture. And we are about to be delivered. All right. Praise. So be ready for his coming is going to be in an hour that you, the world, does not expect. So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Yes, hallelujah. So we, as we go back to Paul, as he closes out the book of Romans in chapter number 16, verses 19 and 20, everyone, he goes, and I'm paraphrasing him, here, but he says, everyone has heard about your obedience, and this makes me happy for you. He says, I want you to do good and to avoid evil. And he says, I want you to know that if you will focus on that, he says, I want you to know there's something coming. He says, and the God of peace is going to come very shortly, and he is going to crush Satan under your feet. Yes. Hallelujah. The only time that he mentions him is in defeat. That should be the only time that we ever make mention of the enemy. And that is that he is defeated. That he is nothing. That he has been dealt with. So he speaks to them about the power of their faith. Truth ultimately will crush evil. A crushing victory. Your faith has that kind of power today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. John, 1 John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even my faith. John writes, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Jesus said, you must be born again. Hallelujah. Because we do call each other brother, sister. I did that even when in my hippie years. We were always peace and love and we called each other brother and sister. Just the way it was. 
But here's the deal. Yes, we all are brothers and sisters in the human race. But I want you to understand, you need to understand that when Jesus Christ came and when he purchased our salvation at Calvary and when he said, you must be born again. And when you have been born again, you become part of a new race of believers. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise Jesus. That's right. Amen. We are a new race that is being transformed ultimately one day into being just like my heavenly father. Yes. You are no longer of the race of this world. Yes. That is the race of the adversary. You need to crush that thought. You need to understand that you have been born of the second Adam. That he has no faults. He has no failures. He is perfect. And he is powerful. John would go on to say, which were born not of blood, nor yeah. of the will of the flesh, yeah. nor of the will of men, but born of God. I'm here to remind somebody this morning that if you have experienced this new birth, that you have been born of God, not of the will of man, not of the flesh of man, but you have been born of So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of yes. God. Hallelujah. He's coming again. Yes, Thank he is. Yes, yes. The adversary has but a short time and I don't have the opportunity to read all this but you read Revelation 12, 7 through 12. Talks about the adversary being cast out of heaven and having a short time on earth. I'm here to remind us that Jesus is coming again. Amen. I'm here to remind you that you are one of the 11th hour laborers. Hallelujah. That we have yes. been one of those that Jude or James writes about that has been plucked. You are a brand that has been plucked right out of the fire, right out of the jaws of the adversary. Yes. And he Hallelujah. is on a rampage today. But he has no power. And they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony is just as powerful and relative today as Daniel's was in his day. Amen, amen. Let me give you a testimony. Judges 5, 6, and 7 tells us of a time in the history of Israel. The highways are unoccupied because the enemy has the upper hand. The town businesses are closed. <clears throat> People are afraid to go to the well for fear of the archers. There is no spear or shield to be found among 40,000 of the people of God. The enemy has disarmed the people of God. Verse number 8 says, And they chose new gods. What says? <laughs> let, me, let me read that again. I'm, gonna, I'm going to give you a testimony of somebody here in a minute. But this is the day that he was faced with. It was a time in, in history. The highways were unoccupied. The town businesses were closed. People were afraid to go to the well for fear of the archers. The people had found themselves disarmed. And it says that they chose new gods. But listen, there was the sound of a battle cry. Listen carefully. And the sound came from a prophetess named Deborah. 
And even though God had called Barak, he's afraid to go without her. And you can read it if you will. But listen to some of the people in that day that were called to battle. Gilead said it cost too much. Dan and Asher were too busy making money. Ephraim got dressed for battle, but decided to just take a photo and not show up because they might get blood on their uniforms. Hello. But the battle does take place and Israel is victorious. You can read the song of Deborah. But there is one verse that jumps out. Verse number 31. It was during this time that seemingly out of nowhere, verse 31 comes. It's one verse. It has 25 words. We are told of a man who lived during this time period. His name was Shamgar, the son of Anath. That's really all we know about him. If you could put that up, Judges 3.31. And we're simply told, we're simply told that he slew, listen carefully, he slew 600 men with an ox, 600 Philistines with an ox goat. And it's the only place you read about this individual. He's not put in the Hall of Faith. The New Testament doesn't mention him. He's just an ordinary guy like you and me. He has no high spiritual pedigree. He can't be listed with in our day would be the Urshans or the Haneys or, you know, those, those. No, he was just an ordinary guy like you and me. The only thing that we hear is dad's name, which could imply, listen, it could imply that he was not even a Jew. And it was during this time period, Deborah writes, and she brings out in very short paragraph, 25 words, something stood out to her that she included in her song. And she says, I want you to know, there was one guy that did show up for battle, and his name was Shangar. He wasn't like Gideon. He didn't receive a visit from an angel. There's no mention of the Spirit of God moving upon him. We don't know his family background. In fact, there are some who question that he was an Israeli. We don't know what is apparent. He's not a preacher. He's probably not college educated. He's not an expert battle analyzer or a brilliant general strategist. What he is is God's answer to the evil of his day. He finds himself on the spot against great odds. And while Israel is preparing for war on the other side of the country, the Philistines think that they will infiltrate the eastern boundary of the country, sneak in and surround them. But they picked on the wrong man. You see, Shamgar is out plowing one morning, and here come 600 Philistines. They have come to cross his property, but they don't understand that he is the boundary line between victory and between defeat. 
He's the boundary line. You are the boundary line. You see, sometimes you don't have to go out to the battle. Sometimes the battle shows up on your front yeah. doorstep. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to give you the GK commentary here. He's just out trying to make a living and trying to raise his family and be a, a good provider. But something apparently is inside of this man that believes that even while Israel is running away, this man apparently has a touch of faith in his heart. You're worthy. And here's what he says. You are not getting my property. You're not going to plunder my home. You're not taking my family. Yes. Hallelujah. They ran into the Sherman tank that day. They were not expecting And we're simply told that he takes the only thing that he had was an ox goat, which was simply about an eight-foot pole with spikes on the end of it. So when the oxen wouldn't do what they were supposed to, he would give them a jolt. And don't ask me how. Don't ask me the incredible exploit that he did. But I want you to know that in the midst of evil in his day, yes. in the midst of apathy, in the midst of warm lukeness, in the midst of people dressing right, but not engaging the battle, there was a man that stood up in his day, and when the enemy come knocking on his door, he didn't look for the battle, but when the battle came to him, he said, no sir, you are not going to cross this boundary Hallelujah. And he begins to engage the enemy in the most ferocious and the most vicious fight of his life. And God delivered him that day with simply the ox goat. He slew 600 Philistines. Hallelujah. Praise God. Have no idea. That man was a whirlwind. <laughs> and when the when it says that the last part of that scripture, verse number 31, it says he also delivered Israel. Listen carefully. That is implying that he stopped an invasion. Through mm -hmm. the line. Yes. Not this city. Mm -hmm. Not this house. Yeah. Not my family. Yeah. Come on. Mighty word, mighty word. The Bible says when it says that he delivered Israel, more commentators than, than not say what he did was that he stopped the invasion of the enemy entering into Israel because that he drew the line. Yes, hallelujah. Praise you, God. You, un you understand? Please listen. That what you do with your faith on a given day in order to stop, in order to prevent the progression of the enemy forces through simply whatever it has that God has given you. You may not have the 
the education. You, but I got to tell you one thing that you can have, and that is you can engage the enemy with yes. your yes. faith, because when you come and have him with that written word, and when you proclaim and you begin to plead the blood of the Lamb of God, I want you to know the Bible says that if you submit to God and you resist the devil, yes. that he will take off and he will run. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. He prevented the national crisis. He's not mentioned anywhere else. Nowhere else. No mention of this guy. But you see, Shamgar had no choice but to fight. He had no choice but to fight. What will you do? Jude reminds us of two ways. To not only engage our faith, to actually grow our faith. Verse number three, he says, you need to contend for it. You need to contend for it. Judah's not a very big book, right, folks? How many chapters has it got? One. <laughs> I think 25, 26 verses. He says, he says, here's what you need to do. Notice the chronologically order of, of the Jude is set there, and you read that as a very powerful little book. Yeah. It talks about contending for the faith. It talks about what happens when your faith dissipates and turns into lukewarmness, where he talks about Sodom and Gomorrah and different things like that. But he says, you need to contend for the faith yeah. that was once <laughs> delivered unto the saints. Yes. You're, you know, the faith that we read about through the great exploits of those that are recorded in the book of, 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 of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. But I'm here to remind us, listen, I'm just a little guy on the block, right? And when I read things like this guy named Shangar, you know what it does to me? It makes me say, oh, God, you don't, all I have to do is have my faith and my trust in you, God. Because if I have your word and I have that faith, then there is not, there is not, there is not an enemy that is seen or unseen that can separate me from you. Amen. He says, contend for it, man. You better contend for it. I'm telling you, it's about high time that we start carrying this thing again. I went to work for the railroad for one day. Tearing off, you know, old track and railroad ties and man, I, that's work. I had a brown bag lunch and I carried my Bible in it. Someone got the wrong lunch and they opened it up. Says, what is that? I said, well, that must be my lunch. Used to carry, you know, used to carry the old Thompson chain, right? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You know, I'm I'm all for I'm all for, you know, technology and everything, but I'm telling you there's something yes. about there's something yes. about the printed material yes. that yes. you can hold it in your hand yes. that you can leaf through its fine pages yes. and you can wear them out and you can just <laughs> You can hold it and carry it, Amen. and it is, trust me, is a witness to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not trying to, you know, to promote, you know, causing animosity out there. I'm just saying, if I can't carry my Bible with me when I choose to do it, then they can just suffer the consequences. <laughs> yeah. 
But Jude reminds us, he says, listen, you need to contend for the faith, the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Not a new faith, the faith. Amen. Then he goes on to say this, verse number 20. He says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. In other words, he's trying to tell us you don't, you can't just contend for it, but you have to build it. You have to build. What does he mean there? What's he building up yourselves on your most holy faith? What that implies growing in Christian character. That implies it growing, not being the same doldrum, boring Christian that I was yesterday. That means lighting the fire of the Holy Ghost inside of me again. That means that I'm wanting to grow. I'm wanting to become something. I want to be the best that I can possibly be the best. Building up your most holy faith. If you're not grow, if you're not growing in Christ, what are you doing? Then he goes on to say this. He says, "In praying in the Holy Ghost." Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. What does that mean? That means that you are getting with the program, and that you are not just repeating the same old words that you repeat every day, but that means that you are being moved by the Holy Ghost inside you, that sometimes it it maketh intercession, and sometimes there's groanings, and sometimes there's words that we don't understand. That means that you are engaging the invisible enemy through your prayer of faith. Amen. And the prayer of faith will save and heal and raise up and sins will be forgiven. And the effective, this is why you got to grow. This is why you have to grow. Elijah prayed three years for no rain. And then he prayed that it would rain. And he goes on to say he was just like you and me, although I kind of doubt it. (laughs) But he goes on to say the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I'm speaking to someone this morning who is in battle. You may not have the spiritual pedigree that you think you need. You all may not ever be challenged with that. That challenges me, Brother McCune. When I see people that have influence on a broad and a high level that can influence the tens of the thousands and millions. That bothers me just a bit. But the Bible tells me that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, that that helps me to understand that it was the prayer of one man that caused the drought through the leading of the voice of God. That lets me know that it was the prayer of the same man that produced the gigantic rainstorm. I'm here to tell you that we need to pray for the latter rain of the Holy Ghost to be poured out. And it could be possibly the prayer of one righteous, fervent man or woman Remember Shamgar. Remember him. Quote it. Quote Romans 16, 20. Remember it. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. 
I'm sure he was talking to individuals that day, people that he had heard that were going through rough times. Yeah. Maybe some of the 26 that he had mentioned and called out by name. I'm sure that, that part of his part of his words were to encourage those people and let them know, listen, you are not in this by yourself. There is a great victory that's coming to somebody here today. Amen. Hallelujah. But then, then more than that, I think he was talking. He was talking to the church of all ages. Mm -hmm. Brian, as we close, could you put up 1 Corinthians 15? 50 through 58, please. There is a crushing victory coming. I am convinced that in these days that you and I are going to, we are going to see God use people that we would, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be in awe because we are looking probably you know, to those or whoever, people of high pedigrees, and God says, hey, <laughs> you, when I pull out a Shamgar, you are going to see me in action. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now this I say, brethren, as you stand, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, shortly, quickly, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Praise. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. Yeah. This mortal must put on immortality. Yes. Listen, folks, I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I get tired of battling the very thing that is my best friend. <laughs> you know, the paradox of the flesh. <laughs> I am my worst enemy, but I'm the only friend I got. <laughs> yeah. I, it's a love-hate relationship, you know? <laughs> I love me, I don't love me. I love me, I don't love me. Hallelujah. Have mercy, Lord. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we're, this, is, this flesh is corruptible. Mm -hmm. It's not going to inherit. It's not going to inherit the things of God. Right. Amen. We're going to play where there is no death. There is no decay. Mm. There is no stench. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Mm. This mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up yes. in victory. You, Lord. Oh, death, where is thy sting, O grave? Where is your victory? <laughs> The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Yeah. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory yes. through our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. Abound in the work of the Lord. It's not all Amen. preaching. It's not all teaching. Right. But there is that thing called yes. prayer. There is that thing called fasting. Yes. There is that thing called witnessing. There is that yes. thing called worshiping. Yes. He said you need to know that there's a great day coming. But in the meantime, you need to abound. That doesn't mean half-heartedly. That means your cup is overflowing. Hallelujah. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Labor is not in vain. Glory be to you. I'm so I'm thankful that that, that my faith reaches out to the written word of God. 
Your faith is not in vain. And God is going to crush Satan under your feet shortly. Whether it's a current battle or whether it's just the rapture of the church. But he is on your, my, our side. We're going to give you an opportunity this morning to come to the front. And I, my, my hope is, my hope is, folks, is if, there's, if there's ever a time that we need to get a hold of this thing, it's today. Yes. There's ever a time that we need folks that, you know, for whatever reason, listen, I've been there. I've been there. I, I still go there once in a while. God can't use me. Come on, man. Really? Oh, my goodness. You understand that he picks the foolish to confound Praise the wise. Thank you, Jesus. He reaches out Thank and you. elevates the simple. Yeah. And says, Glory be to you. I can work with that. Yes, yes. Because I know that they're going to give me Thank the glory. You, Jesus. Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know who you are this morning. Young people, you may be the key. Our guess is more, you might be the key. I wonder, could we make it a goal this week to try to grow a little bit yes, yes. in our faith. Yes, God. Come us by hearing. Contending. Building it up. <coughs> we can do it. And faith will be the key to everything that we accomplish in this life. Yes. Or if you come we're going to ask a few of the men we're going to uh, go back and we're going to pray for Brother Jack Gillen this morning if I could get Brother Jeff you get that Brother Gillen we're going to go back and we're going to pray for healing for Brother Jack Gillen this morning I want you to know that we're, we're a church of faith we believe in the power of miracles if you're here this morning and you need something you need something from God, then whatever it is, we are believing, amen, that He can accomplish whatever it is that you have made for. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus.